please take a seat. And if you've got a Bible there, it'd be great, please, to turn in the Old Testament to the book of Second Kings, or Two Kings, uh, chapter 5. And it's great to have the children involved in the, the service and the, the younger people as well. Uh, so we get to come and read uh, this story to us, uh, the first few verses of 2 Kings uh, chapter 5, the story of Naaman. So over to you, Emma. Thank you. Um. Naaman of the army of the king of Syria was a great man with his master in high favor, and because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now the Syrians on one of their raids had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. She worked in the service of Naaman's wife. She said to her, Mistress, without my lord, we're with the prophet who is Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and told his lord. Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothes. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, when this letter reaches you, now that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am my God to kill and make alive that this, ma- this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a, quar- a quarrel with me. But when um, Elisha Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes. He sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come to me, and that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar the rivers of Damascus? But then, but better than all the waters of Israel, could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away in rage. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Great. Well, thank you, Emma, for that. And I thought it would be good for us uh, on Children's Day today to spend just a a little while thinking about this story uh, from the Old Testament that we've just heard. And it's about this man called Naaman. Maybe you're you're thinking to yourself, well, who is this man, Naaman? Uh, You might have heard of him before. Uh, Perhaps you've not heard of him before uh, today. Well, Naaman lived a, a long time ago. He lived about 800 years before Jesus was born. 
And he, he came from a place called Syria. Some of you have heard of Syria. Maybe some of the younger children here are familiar with Syria. And some have got friends from Syria. And this man, Naaman, had a very important, a very powerful job. He was the man who was in charge of the whole of the Syrian army. And that was one of the, uh, the biggest and most powerful armies in the world in those days. Naaman was good friends with the king of Syria. And the king had put his friend Naaman in charge of the army. And Naaman did a great job. Under his leadership, the Syrians defeated lots of other armies. And the Bible tells us that the only reason why Naaman was able to beat all those other armies was because God allowed him to do it. But Naaman didn't realize that. And the king of Syria didn't realize that either. They didn't believe in the true God. They thought it was all because they were so strong and they were so powerful and they were so clever. And everyone thought that Naaman was this great man because under his leadership, the Syrian army went and beat so many other armies, even the army of Israel, God's people. But there's one thing about Naaman that he wouldn't have wanted other people to know. And that is the fact that he had a disease called leprosy. Leprosy is a horrible skin disease. If you catch leprosy, your skin goes pale and it gets very, very itchy. And it breaks out in sores. And you lose the feeling in your hands and your feet. And in those days... There was no way of treating it. Uh, people with leprosy uh, usually had to go and, and live away from other people so that other people wouldn't catch it from them. And you know, in the Bible, leprosy, this particular condition called leprosy, is often used as a picture of our sin. Sometimes with the boys and girls here, we, we have those uh, letters that spell out the word sin. And we say, this is what it means. Shove off God. I'm in charge. No to your rules. Shove off God. I'm in charge. No to your rules. And the Bible tells us that sin, in some ways, is a little bit like leprosy. Our sins can start small, can't they? And they can get bigger and bigger. And they spread and take over our lives. And there's no way that we can cure ourselves of our sin, just as people couldn't cure themselves of leprosy. If we're sinners, and we all are, then there's nothing that we can do to fix ourselves, make us better, get rid of our sin. And eventually, our sin will cut us off, not just from other people, but actually from God forever. And so Naaman was this... This big, strong, powerful, successful man. But he also had skin disease eating away at him. And as time went on, it would have been getting worse, spreading further and further, making its way across his skin and his hands and his face. And of course, people would have started to notice how sick this man really was. What would Naaman do about it? 
Well, in the next bit of the story, uh, we meet another character who is so important. And we read that one day, uh, the Syrian army invaded Israel. And they captured a number of people to take them back to Syria as slaves. And one of the people they took back was a little girl. We don't know exactly how old she was. We don't even know what her name was. The age of some of you guys here this morning, maybe seven or eight years old, something like that. Just imagine how scary it must have been for this little girl and how upsetting it must have been for her family as well that these soldiers came along one day from another country and they killed lots of people and then they took this little girl away off to another country, away from her mum and dad to go and be a slave. She must have been terrified of what was happening. And it just so happened that this little girl was taken to work in Naaman's house. And we're told that Naaman's wife would then give this little girl lots and lots of different jobs to do around the house. So you can imagine this little girl, can't you? Maybe seven or eight years old. She's working away in this house. She's missing her family desperately. She's wondering, will I ever see them again? And I'm sure she must have thought to herself, well, why did God allow this to happen to me? Why is my life so difficult? Well, one day, this little girl was talking to Naaman's wife. And I imagine that Naaman's wife was saying to this little girl just how worried and upset she was about Naaman, how he was sick, he was getting worse, and she didn't know if it would be possible for him to get better. It didn't seem that there was any answer to his illness. And she just didn't know what to do about it. And this little girl said to her, would that Naaman were with the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. And you see, even though she'd been taken away from her home and her family, this little girl had not forgotten about her God and what her God could do. And she knew all about this man called Elisha, one of God's prophets, one of God's servants who lived back in Israel. And through Elisha, God sent his word to his people. And through God's power, Elisha was able to do some amazing miracles that we read about elsewhere in the, the Bible. And all the doctors in the world couldn't heal Naaman. But this little girl knew that Elisha could heal Naaman because God was using Elisha. And so very, very simply, she told Naaman's wife how Naaman could be healed. Girl, this was. She'd had a very difficult life. And yet she was kind even to her enemies. And when she got the chance, she told them about her God. And especially for you younger ones who are here this morning, I want to encourage you by getting you to think about this little girl. Maybe the same age as some of you here this morning. She'd been through some really difficult things in her life. And she wouldn't have understood why God had allowed those things to happen to her. Maybe it's the case that you feel like that as well. But even though she'd been through some really difficult things, she was kind even to her enemies. And then when she got the chance, 
she told them about her God. How he was the one, the only one, who could help and save Naaman. And we'd do well, all of us, wouldn't we, to follow this little girl's example. Even when bad things happen in our lives. Even when we don't know why God has allowed these things to happen. We're to live like this little girl lived. We're to be kind, even to our enemies. And then when we get the chance, tell them about our God. Tell them about Jesus. How he's the only one who can help us and save us. Not from leprosy, but from sin. Only Jesus can forgive us. Only Jesus can make us clean again. Maybe some of you younger ones this morning think, well, I'm only a little child. What can I do for God? Well, with God's help, we can all do what this little girl did, can't we? We can be kind even to our enemies. And then when we get the chance, tell them about Jesus. Pray that God would help you to be more like this wonderful little girl in the story. Well, when Naaman's wife heard what the little girl said, she went and told her husband, Naaman. And then Naaman went and told the king of Syria, his friend, all about what this little girl had said. And the king of Syria said, well, it's worth a try, Naaman. Uh, You should go to Israel, see if what this little girl has said is true. And then the king of Syria wrote a letter for Naaman to take with him to the king of Israel. And so off Naaman went in the hope that by going to Israel, he might somehow be saved from this terrible disease. But it has to be said that Naaman was very confused about what the real God is like and how the real God works. And as we look at the rest of the story, I want us very quickly to notice that there are three big mistakes that Naaman made when he thought about how God saves and rescues people. So listen up for these three mistakes. First of all, it's not by money. It's not by money. And the Bible tells us that when Naaman set off to Israel, he took with him lots and lots of silver and gold and also loads of sets of fancy clothes as well. Someone says that in today's money, he took about 60,000 pounds on his trip to Israel. I don't know how he got that through customs. But anyway, that's what he took with him, a huge amount of money. And the reason he took all that money was because he thought that if God was going to heal him, God would want paying for that. And so he gathered up 60,000 pounds. And he thought, well, that should hopefully be enough to pay for my healing. Hopefully God will do me a deal. Hopefully we can agree a price. And if I pay God enough, then he will heal me. Now it sounds silly to us, doesn't it? But actually, many people do exactly the same thing today. And they think to themselves, well, if I give enough money to the church, or if I give enough money to charity, then of course God will bless me. God will make my life better. And most importantly of all, he'll let me into heaven when I die. I'll give God lots of money and he'll take care of me now and forever. Or instead of paying God with money, sometimes people try to pay God in another way. They, they try to pay him with good works. They think, if I live a really good life, and if I go to church and if I behave well, And if I'm nice to people and I don't say bad words and I don't get mixed up in bad things, 
God will accept that. I don't have 60,000 to spare to pay God off. But I'll give him a, a life of good behavior. That can be my payment. And I'm sure that he'll accept that. I'm sure that he'll let me into heaven. That's a good enough payment for God. But of course, that's ridiculous, isn't it? We can't buy God's love. We can't buy it with money. We can't buy it with good works either. So that was Naaman's first mistake. And then here's his second mistake. It's not by might. It's not by might. Now think about this for a moment. What did that little girl say that Naaman had to do? Who did she say he had to go and see? And the answer is, she said he had to go and see Elisha the prophet. But who did Naaman actually go and see? He didn't go to Elisha, did he? He went straight to the king of Israel. Now that was the king of Syria's idea back in verse 5. He said, go and take this letter to the king of Israel. And Naaman, it appears, agreed with that advice. Instead of going to the prophet, like the little girl said, he went to see the king instead. And the reason seems to be that Naaman and the king of Syria both think that only a very powerful, important person could offer any help to them. Who wants to go and see a, a weird preacher when you can go and see a mighty king? Surely you're better off visiting the king. And so that's what happened. Off Naaman went to the king of Israel. He went uh, to see uh, the king and see if he could heal him from his leprosy. But again, of course, it's ridiculous, isn't it? God's blessing doesn't come to us by might any more than it comes to us by money. So Naaman went to the king of Israel. He, he handed over this letter from the king of Syria. And the letter said, Dear king of Israel, when this letter reaches you, Know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. Yours sincerely, the king of Syria. And when the king of Israel read that, he was really scared. So scared, in fact, that he tore his clothes. Because he knew that even though he was a king, even though he was powerful, even though he was mighty, there's nothing that he can do to cure this man of leprosy. It's not by might that this can happen. And he was scared because he thought, what will happen when the king of Syria sees that I've not healed his friend Naaman? He'll be angry with me and he'll use that as an excuse to come and attack Israel again. Well, Elisha, the prophet, heard all about what was going on. And he sent a message to the king of Israel and he said, why have you torn your clothes? Why are you so scared? Let Naaman come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. So the king said to Naaman, well, go and see the prophet Elisha, which is what should have happened in the first place if only anybody had listened to that little girl. So Naaman went to Elisha's house and he, he knocked on the door and, and Elisha didn't even answer the door. He just sent a servant to go and speak to Naaman. Now Naaman must have been really shocked at this. Here he was, this, this commander of maybe the most powerful army in the whole world. And this prophet won't even come to the door to speak to him. And Elisha's doing this deliberately. Because he knows that Naaman needs to be humbled. 
In worldly terms, he might be a great man. But he needs to learn that God is not impressed with this. Before God, Naaman is just a needy leper. And so Elisha's servant passes on this message to Naaman. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. That's all that Naaman needed to do, and he would be healed. But Naaman was angry. He stormed off. And you might be wondering, well, why was Naaman so angry about this? And that brings us to the third misunderstanding that Naaman had. We've seen already, haven't we, Naaman discovered that God's blessing doesn't come to us by money. And it doesn't come to us by might. And thirdly, it doesn't come to us by magic either. And so Naaman said, I thought that Elisha would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not the rivers of Damascus in Syria better than all the rivers of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? And off he went. He turned round in a rage and started heading off back home to Syria. And you see, Naaman thought that the way that he could be healed was by Elisha coming out and doing some sort of religious magic, some kind of hocus-pocus. He imagined that this holy man would step outside, say some magic words, calling on God to do his work, and then he would wave his hands around, and abracadabra, Naaman would be healed. But no, it's not by magic that God blesses people. And you know, people sometimes still think this today. They think that to get God's blessing, you need a special person, a, a holy man or something like that. And you need him to say a, a few special words, maybe wave his hands around, do, do some rituals. And then, hey presto, as if by magic, God's blessing comes to you. You've got God's forgiveness. You've got his blessing. But no, God's blessing doesn't come to us by magic any more than it comes to us by money or might. And by now, Naaman is getting really angry. He's thinking to himself, why doesn't God just meet me on my terms? Here I am, I've come all this way. I've stumped up 60 grand to try and get God's blessing. And God doesn't seem at all interested in that. And I've been to the mightiest person in all of Israel, the king himself. And he couldn't do anything about it. And now I've come to this supposed holy man, Elisha. And he won't perform any magic rituals to heal me. I'm fed up with all of this. And in his anger, he heads off back towards Syria. And you know, still today, people can get very, very angry when you tell them that they can't get God's blessing through money or through might or through magic. They want God to meet them on their terms. They're angry when he won't do that. But thankfully, Naaman's servants stopped him and they said, why don't you just give it a go? Why don't you just go and, and wash in the Jordan River like Elisha said? And Naaman thought about it for a, a minute and he, he said, well, well okay, I'll, I'll do it. We've come all this way after all. And this proud 
powerful man, Naaman, got down from his high horse, literally, and he humbled himself before what Elisha had said to him. And he just did the simple thing that the word of God had told him to do. That is, he he went and dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times. And on the seventh time, as he came up out of the water, he was healed. His skin was perfect. And what Naaman came to understand that day was this, that the way to receive God's blessing is not by money, it's not by might, it's not by magic, It is simply by believing and obeying God's word. That's all. That's all there is to it. No need to to offer God your 60 grand or whatever it is. No need to try and pay God off with some good works. No need to find someone who is powerful and influential in the world who can help you. No need to go through any religious hocus pocus. Just the simple thing of believing and obeying the word of God. And you know, if we were to read on in the rest of the the story, we would see that it wasn't just Naaman's skin that was changed that day, but his heart was changed as well. And the next bit of the story tells us that Naaman became someone who loved and worshipped the true God. He wasn't just changed on the outside, he was changed on the inside as well. And really, that is the bigger miracle. Naaman received God's blessing simply by believing and obeying God's word. And his heart was changed. That's what Naaman learned that day, isn't it? And remember, he learned it all because of one little girl. One little girl who was kind even to her enemies. And when she got the chance, she told them about her God. And I hope, boys and girls and grown-ups as well, that you've understood that lesson that Naaman learned as well. That all of God's blessings that he offers to us, forgiveness for all of our sin, friendship with him, life forever, they all come to us this way. Simply by believing God's word to us about Jesus, his son, who died for us and then rose again. Believing that word about him and thereafter seeking to live your obeying what God has said to us. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we thank you so much for this great story that we read in the Bible. Thank you for the wonderful example of that little girl, just a young child. And she had had a really difficult life. But she remembered you and she was kind, even to people who were her enemies. And then when the chance came, she told them about her God. It was just a few simple words. And you used them wonderfully. And we pray that you would help us all to be like that little girl. We might be young, we might be weak, we might be unimpressive, we might have had a difficult life. But we pray that you would help us to love even our enemies. Help us to take the opportunities you give us to tell them about Jesus. Even if we don't manage to say very much, 
Because even as you took the simple few words of this little girl, you can take our simple few words and use them wonderfully as well. And help us to learn what Naaman learned in this story. That the way to receive your blessing in our life is not by trying to pay you with money or not by trying to pay you with good works, not by being powerful, not by magic, but very simply by believing and obeying what you've said to us in your word, the Bible. And so help us to listen to the Bible every day, to listen to it at home and to listen to it at church and to listen to it in Sunday school. And as we listen to your word, to believe in Jesus so that we can be forgiven and we can be friends with you forever. And help us then to live our lives obeying what you have said to us. Because we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.